What is happening, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Fresh Hope for Better You podcast. As always, I'm your host, Alvi Glay, and I'm here to bring you some fresh hope for your day. I just want to start off by saying, once again, thank you guys for all the, with all the reviews and stuff you guys have been leaving. It just means a lot. It means that I'm not wasting my time. And that's the biggest thing uh, that I'm always, you know, very conscious of is wasting my time because that's truthfully the only thing in life you can't get back is your time. And, uh, you know, I just want to make sure I'm doing something worthwhile that's actually providing you guys value, hopefully helping you guys, uh, you know, change your lives based on the experiences and stories that I have been through and that I share with you because ultimately I don't want you guys to make the same mistakes I did, which is why I'm very vulnerable on telling you all the shit that's happened in my past. If you are just tuning into this first episode today, uh, a little past, uh, you know, summary of who I am. I'm a 26-year-old entrepreneur. Um, I own a cannabis company here in Michigan, and I also do nutrition, lifestyle, and mindset coaching. I used to be extremely overweight, and I used to be addicted to hard drugs, and I've completely transformed my entire life by pursuing personal excellence and um, going the personal development route of always trying to work on myself to become a better version of myself each and every day. And it is my mission in life to inspire and impact millions of people. And I attack every single day trying to make that happen to the best of my ability. I'm always doing my best to try making an impact on this world. And that is why I created this podcast is to inspire and impact and provide you guys with value based on my past experiences, things I've learned from all of the coaches I have, my mentors, and every experience I've had in life has taught me something. And you need to start looking at life like it is an opportunity instead of you know playing the victim card and things like that nature because ultimately you have one shot at this thing we call life and you know what you do with your time really is going to dictate where your life is going to go and i know deep down each and every one of you has some sort of goals dreams aspirations to become something great and i'm a firm believer that you can become something great there's no way around it. It just comes down to what you do on a daily basis and w how bad you want it, actually. And a lot of people are just uneducated on certain things, and they don't necessarily know how to get from point A to point B, which is why I try sharing my stories, and hopefully, you know, that sparks some ideas in your head of how you can get from point A to point B. But if you need some help with that, that is why I do what I do, and I'm a coach. So if you have any questions or can questions about what you could do to become whatever you want in life don't hesitate to reach out i'm always wondering what people are thinking and stuff like that and always trying to guide them and help them you know get to where they want to go if i don't know the answer i'm sure so i can find it i'll be the first one if i don't know something i will tell you i am not the smartest man on the planet i fuck up a lot i make a lot of mistakes but guess what i don't ever give up and if there's a will there's a way and i'm always trying to find my way to making things happen so if you ever have any questions, concerns about fitness, nutrition, lifestyle, mindset, don't hesitate to reach out because ultimately if you develop the right mindset and you have the right mentor or coach, you can achieve anything you want in your life. And that's where I'm currently working towards right now, whether that be with my cannabis company, my coaching business, or just my self-development journey in general. I'm always pursuing something, trying to make things happen on a daily basis, which you should strive for, you know, the same thing. And with that being said, today's topic is something that is, uh, <clears throat> it was a big part of my past and it's something that's still with me today because I've learned a lot from it. And it is about navigating the complex landscape of addiction. 
like I said before, I was a drug addict in the past. I've been, uh, you know, down a dark, dark path and ultimately had a epiphany of, you know, my life where it was headed one night when I was laying awake in my bed. And it was like it was yesterday. I remember the, uh, the vision and dream so clearly. I was laying in my bed one night and I started to think about, you know, like where my life was going. At the time, I was doing a lot of cocaine. I had been doing cocaine every single day for over six months straight, along with Molly, ecstasy, uh, DMT, cannabis, all of that, everything you possibly could imagine, Adderall, all of the hard drugs that except for meth and heroin. I mean, amphetamines are a type of meth. They are one chemical compound away from being meth. So basically, I mean, I guess the only thing I wasn't doing was heroin and then shit with needles at the time. And I was laying in bed and I had a dream and I was at a cemetery. And at this cemetery was all my family and friends. And my mother was sitting there bawling her eyes out. And I seen all my other brothers, my brother and my sisters and my father there. And it was weird. I didn't see me there. So I was like, hmm, this is interesting. I see all my family. I see all my friends there, but I don't see me. Everyone was around a casket, and I didn't get the chance to walk up to that casket, but I heard my mom say he was too young as she was bawling. And I woke up from that dream, and I realized that that person was me in the casket. I was the person that everyone was there for because I had died young due to my habits and my addictions. I knew that what I was doing was leading me down the wrong path, and ultimately, I was going to die young if I continued to follow that. And I made the transition from being a 270-pound drug addict to becoming a lean 180 machine that ultimately helps people change their entire lives. And I'm here to tell you that addiction is a very, very powerful thing. And if you do not understand what it is like to be addicted to a certain substance or anything of that nature, it is unpleasant. And it may not seem like such a terrible thing during the time that you're doing those things. Because ultimately, like when you're doing a drug, it helps, it releases dopamine, which makes you feel good. But you don't really see the negative effects until you've done it for a long period of time and then you really start to see it. And it is very, very unpleasant what it will do to you. And it will start bringing you down the wrong path and not just with your physical health and your mental health, but you will start being around a lot of people that you know value life the same, which when you're doing a lot of hard drugs, you really don't have a value on life because you know that what you're doing is not good. You know that it's not going to push you towards the right direction in life. There's a reason that they have these programs when you're growing up called like Project Charlie and other things like that. That's what it was called for me. Excuse me. But at the same time, we're taught all these things growing up, like drugs are bad, alcohol is not that great, like wait till you're 21 to do it. But being kids, we really don't understand how bad that truly is. And if I would have just listened to the guidance I had growing up and never would have went down that path of, you know, doing drugs and stuff like that, I would have saved me a lot of stress, energy, and a lot of things in my life wouldn't have happened. But I also learned a lot from them, so I can't take anything away from that because I wouldn't be the man I am today talking to you guys, trying to explain to you how 
rough of a patch that of that was in my life. And ultimately, I want to talk to you guys, you know, how to overcome it, how I was able to and, you know, give you like different steps and solutions on how I was over to able to overcome it uh, because ultimately it's not just about drugs and alcohol being addicted uh there's plenty of things like gambling technology use it can be different different things you can be addicted to so with that being said i want to dive into the first part which is understanding addiction addiction is a complex condition that involves both physical and psychological factors it's a compulsive need for a substance or behavior despite negative consequences for me, my case was drugs and alcohol. And whether it's a substance like drugs or alcohol or behaviors like gambling or technology use, addiction can impact every facet of a person's life. The most common addiction I believe nowadays is technology with social media and stuff like that. How many times do you find yourself endlessly scrolling through social media and boom, there goes an hour of your life? Going back to what I said earlier. Your time is the most valuable thing you have. So these apps and websites and social media platforms are designed to keep you engaged because they provide these instant dopamine spikes. And whenever you're scrolling through social media, it's just dopamine after dopamine after dopamine, which makes you continue to want want it more and more and more. And that's why they're made that way. They want you to be on those social media platforms. They want to be able to advertise. They want you to think a certain way. They want to put an agenda in front of you. Yes, it may be great to see your family and friends, but ultimately, when you're sitting there on your phone, it's taken away from your actual life. Like, there's so much more out there than what's behind that simple little screen that you continuously stare at. How many times you walk down the street and all you walk past a person, they don't even make eye contact or anything like that because they're sitting there looking at a phone screen. Same thing. You go to a restaurant. You see most people, they're just caught up on their phones the whole time. They're like, there's two people having dinner together, and yet they're both sitting there on their phones. It's taken away from your life. That is an addiction right there. If you can't set your phone down to have a conversation with your loved one or someone you're out to eat with, that's not okay by any means. That is an addiction. If you find any any of your, like, if you catch yourself looking at that screen for multiple hours a day, just, you know, wasting time. For me, I'm on my phone and my computer a lot for business and work and communicating with other people through that way, especially because how much content and stuff I put out there. But I limit myself with how much I'm actually consuming. I look at social media platforms and stuff like that when I'm on there as a creator, not a consumer. So I very, very rarely get caught up in, you know, the the doom loop of you scrolling. And I know that's what most people are. Most people are consumers. So if you just make that transition from being a consumer to a creator, you can share your experiences about your life and you can ultimately help other people and not just sit there spending hours consuming content. But you can spend hours, you know, you don't have to spend hours. You can spend time creating content out there and then get off social media and go live your life. That's the number one thing I think people are addicted to nowadays is technology. Um, And I really don't like where the world's going with it. So if you just take the time to actually, you know, there's a thing on your phone where you can limit your screen time per apps. I highly recommend that I do that. Um, And it's very helpful. It helps me, you know, not be on social media as much. and allows me to live my life, which helps me work towards my goals even more because, Ultimately, you're not going to be able to accomplish very much if you spend hours and hours and hours 
just looking at a phone screen and, you know, consuming a bunch of shit that, you know, there's a lot of stupid shit out there. Yes, there's useful information and stuff like that, too, through social media. But at the same time, a lot of there's stupid shit, especially on TikTok. I fucking hate TikTok. Even though I post on TikTok, it's my platform that I literally spend the littlest amount of time on. My main platforms I spend time on looking as as a creator is Instagram, my Facebook, and LinkedIn. Those because because those three, I actually connect with the real people and I'm doing things with Facebook groups and LinkedIn's more like professionals and stuff like that about business and stuff. That's that's where I spend most of my time. I don't spend most of my time scrolling through reels and stuff like that. Like that is where it's at. And I want to dive into something. Uh, another part of my addiction is like the gambling side of things. I know a lot of people have a di- like addiction with gambling and stuff because I used to be one of those. And I there was a point in my life when I was doing hard drugs and stuff like that uh, and partying all the time that I was heavy into gambling too. And it got to the point where I was so caught up in gambling that I was betting on Japanese baseball. For those of you that, you know, know what Japanese, like, it's baseball, but in Japan. And because the time zones are so different, I never got to watch a single game, nor did I know shit about Japanese baseball. I bet, you know, with Vegas, basically, I just took the odds. And I was literally making bets before I go to bed, waking up, winning and losing. And that went on for a couple months that I was doing that. And there was hot streaks, there was cold streaks, and then it just came to the point where I was losing thousands of dollars, and I was like, yeah. My New Year's resolution is I'm done gambling. After that day, I never bet on another sports uh, game again through a bookie or anything like that. And this was before it was legal in Michigan. Uh, so I was betting through a bookie, and, uh, yeah, just, you know, it sucked. There was weeks where I won, there's weeks where I lost, and then I finally called it quits after losing a couple thousand dollars in a few nights, and I was like, all right, well, I did the math and I broke even on my couple years of gambling and I was like, I'm done. No more of this. I'm done with that. That was the first time I like really cut off one of those things. I didn't realize that I was actually addicted to it until I like looked at it from an outside perspective. Like, dude, you can't even watch the games, let alone like enjoy it and have that rush that, you know, people bet on it for the rush and watching it like, Oh, I could win and like stuff like that. But like, I was just betting to bet. And I was just like, yeah, it'd be nice to wake up, you know, winning, but it's also wake up, feel like shit when you lose. Like that just set my whole day up for failure because now you wake up, oh, you lost $1,000. Now it's like, well, shit, today's going to be a rough day. So I do not recommend getting into like gambling and stuff like that. I've made like small little bets with family and friends and stuff like that. Like that's different compared to being actually addicted to sports gambling, which is actually a huge problem in a lot of people's lives. So if that's you, I definitely recommend seeking guidance or help with that and, you know, just putting that aside because that can lead you down a dark path. I actually know a lot of people um, that, you know, they've even lost their house because of gambling addictions and things like that. And they've lost basically their whole life. It can really impact you. And I really don't recommend you going down that route. So part two, I want to dive into the science behind addiction. At its core, addiction rewires the brain's reward system. Like I was saying, it's about dopamine, which is a neurotransmitter associated with pleasure. So every time you do that certain thing, that dopamine is released, which uh, like during those addictive activities, which reinforcing which reinforces a behavior over time, the brain adapts leading to tolerance and cravings. So 
when I was doing a lot of hard drugs and stuff like that, I would, you know, when I wouldn't be doing the drugs, I'd be craving them. I'd want that dopamine release because over time I created a habit of doing it and my brain adapted to it, which led to me having, you know, a tolerance, which I needed a certain amount to reach a certain point, And I'd have those cravings all day long. And that goes with whether it was drugs, alcohol or the gambling. And there was a while there where I was addicted to social media too, before I was a creator, I'd spend hours on there and like I, my brain would, you know, it was rewiring itself the more I would do these things because I would be so addicted to that dopamine rush and things like that. And that really set me up for failure in all reality. Because one thing about me is I've always had a all or nothing mentality growing up my whole life. I've always been very addictive, uh, like had an addictive personality. And the problem is with having an addictive personality is the fact that it doesn't ever go away. So when I was younger, I was addicted to sports and I always wanted to play sports. And then it was like, okay, I got addicted to video games for a while. So all I want to do is play video games. And the thing about that is, is like, it is not healthy when you're not choosing, you know, healthy coping mechanisms in order to take care of, you know, your issues and your problems. Because ultimately, like, you can go down the wrong path by just being addicted to certain things. So one thing I really don't recommend you guys, you know, choosing necessarily bad things to release dopamine. There's so many other ways out there that you can, you know, look for to release these dopamine and get the same effects because I've made the change. I've found healthier versions of, you know, coping mechanisms to deal with certain things in order to release that dopamine, such as working out, you know, eating healthy, exercising, doing all these things that I do on a daily basis that help me continue to, you know, fight off these addictive, you know, things that I used to have in my past, I've just found alternative ways to cope with, you know, my, you know, depression, my anxiety and all these other things to release that dopamine to make me feel good. So going into part three, which is the impact addiction has on your mental health. Addiction and mental health often go hand in hand. People may turn to substances or behaviors as a way to cope with anxiety, depression, or trauma. However, this often exacerbates the underlying issue, creating a vicious cycle. And I can tell you one thing that it is a vicious, vicious cycle. For me, another one of my addictive things was the reason I was overweight is because I used food as a coping mechanism to deal with my depression and my anxiety and all of those other things is, you know, when I was down as a kid and, I, you know, my brother's being an asshole to me or I just was lonely, I'd go to food for that dopamine release instead of finding an alternative source. And when I was younger, I didn't understand it. I just knew that, you know, me shoveling thousands of extra calories into my face felt good and it gave me a dopamine release. Same thing when I got older. I got into, you know, doing the hard drugs because whenever I was down or sad or anything like that, because ultimately I was just unhappy with, you know, the man I saw in the mirror, I would turn to drugs because it made me feel good. And it turned into a vicious, vicious cycle of, you know, I was so unhappy with how I looked in the mirror that, you know, I would do anything to get that dopamine release in order for me to feel good about myself. And that is what most people do. You know, the typical, you know, nine to five worker that every day after work goes home and smashes a 12 pack 
It's because they're truthfully unhappy with their life. They're looking for some sort of dopamine release, or whether that be, you know, they're not happy with themselves, the way they look, or they're not happy with their family, they're not happy with their job. They find a coping mechanism to deal with that problem that gives them a dopamine hit that makes them feel good. And I'm here to tell you that that is not the way. That is why we have such a big problem in the United States and why they, you know, they continue to push alcohol out there towards people because they know that it is, you know, going to keep us down. It's going to keep us, you know, depressed. It's going to keep us unhealthy, which is ultimately what they want. And that's what people are doing. And, you know, that is what the stigma is, is like, you know, people love to, you know, just drink and go out and have drinks, you know, Thursday, happy hour, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and half the week they're drinking, partying, having fun. But like, is that really fun? You have to ask yourself, is that fun? Is that which kind of life you want? Or do you want to create something great with your life and become a person that you were meant to be? And that is why you need to find healthier coping mechanisms. Because truthfully, it is hard, especially if you have an addictive personality like me, it doesn't go away. You really have to find substitute. You have to substitute out these bad habits of, you know, drinking, partying, smoking, eating, using food as dopamine hits. All these things that are not healthy, you know, coping mechanism, you need to find healthy ones. For me, my what I do now is I work out every single day. That, that releases dopamine, that releases serotonin, that makes me happy. I eat healthy food. food. Healthy food gives me fuel. It makes me feel good. I get in my cold plunge. That's a dopamine hit every day. And I'm currently on day 80. And it's insane because now I crave that dopamine hit in the morning, getting that cold water, even though my bitch voice wants to talk me out of it every single day. It's still like, all right, dude, guess what? You know how this is going to make you feel. You're going to be in a better mood. You're going to be happier. So do it. Guess what? Do it. And it's funny. There's been a study done that there's the same release of dopamine at 2.5x from a cold plunge as there is from cocaine and being an ex-coke addict it really goes to show that you know you just need to find different sources of your dopamine and the fact that you know they say that the dopamine rush from a cocaine uh or like doing a line of cocaine is roughly nine minutes and then it begins to fade away compared to an ice bath where it continues to grow your dopamine, like the dopamine hit continues to like go down the line for nine hours. And you're feeling that for nine hours, the effects of that. So it's just finding little things that are going to give you the different dopamine releases. Like, you know, we live in a society uh, that everyone wants this instant gratification with technology. It makes it even easier is now if we need to hit a dopamine we just go on social media and it's like, oh, scroll, 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 eyes wide open, like, oh, that's cool, that's cool, that's cool. Instead of, you know, just walking out, going for a little 10-minute walk or going out and working out, doing a hard workout or getting in an ice bath or a cold shower, anything of that nature will help give the same dopamine releases that's healthier for you. And I really want to help you guys break the stigma of this, which goes into our next segment, which is breaking the stigma. Breaking free from an addiction requires a compassionate underlying understanding approach. Stigma can prevent individuals from seeking help due to the fear of judgment. I know when I was at my peak, you know, addiction with drugs and stuff, I didn't think I needed help, but deep down, 
I knew I needed help. I knew it was a problem because every time I'd be doing, you know, Coke or Molly or anything like that, it was a deep feeling of hurt. I knew that it was bad for me. I knew because it, how it made me feel after without having it. Yeah, it felt great doing it, but deep down I knew that I was doing the wrong thing because after, you know, the high was done, I felt like shit. And I was like, this is not okay. And then I finally realized that I wasn't going to be able to do it on my own. So I did seek out help from my family and friends and told them that, you know, I'm struggling with this. I need help. I can't be around things like this. I need to change what I'm doing. I need to become better. And a lot of that help came from a mentor, Andy Frisella. By listening to what he had to say every single day with his podcast, the MF CEO Project, it really helped me reshape my mindset and ultimately helped me overcome my addiction with cocaine by finding healthier coping mechanisms like working out, eating right, and trying to take care of my body. And it helped me create an environment for myself with my friends too because at the time all my friends were doing it with me and I was like okay like we either got to stop hanging out or we don't do this stuff anymore we work towards becoming you know better versions of ourselves and there was a few of us that decided that we were going to do that together and there was a lot of them that you know I used to spend time with that kind of just vanished off as soon as I quit doing the drugs they kind of just disappeared out of my life It sucked at the time, but it just showed that they truthfully weren't my friends. They were just there for the drugs, and that was a hard pill to swallow, but at the same time, it made me feel accomplished because I knew I was leaving a part of my past in the past. That's not who I wanted to be anymore, so I had to change that, and it didn't happen overnight. It happened over the course of a year of me just, you know, continuing to try becoming better, finding different alternatives for those dopamine hits, and just ultimately it just took me consistently realizing that that's not the route I wanted to go with my life and that is ultimately how you break that stigma is you find someone or people a group of people to help you that's why AA and stuff it can be super beneficial for a lot of people I didn't need to go that route but I know a lot of people that they do need that luckily I was able to have mentors and coaches and guidance along my path and it really helped me change which is almost like AA except for I didn't go that exact route with that Alcoholics Anonymous. I went the other route of having other coaches, family, and friends help me along my way. So let's go into where... So that was my kind of road to recovery was through my family, my friends, and my mentors and coaches. And the number one mentor that did help me get through that was Andy Frisella. And that road to recovery, I can give him... A lot of appreciation for helping me along the way because without his words every single day helping me refocus and reshape like my mindset on what I can accomplish if I just start executing on the day and the little wins throughout the day and winning the day day after day compounded I was going to get to where I wanted to go and ultimately fast forward five years down the road and that is where I currently am at I am you know it's still I'm still technically in recovery because I'm still the person that, you know, has an addictive personality. If I were to go down that route, again, I could always fall back and relapse, but I don't do that because ultimately I know that's not where I want my life to go. And I know that I am obligated to continue to go down the path I'm currently going down because the Lord and universe 
have guided me down this path and they haven't shown me I'm going the wrong way because when I was doing the hard drugs and stuff like that, I was getting hit with freaking brick wall after brick wall. Like, dude, stop doing this. You're going down the wrong fucking path. And now I don't have that. I don't have these huge brick walls, like smacking me in the mouth saying, bro, stop that shit. Go down this route. This isn't the route you need to go. Now it's like, Oh, opportunity. Boom. Keep going. Oh, here's another opportunity. Go to this one. Boom here. And it's just guiding me along this path, along my journey in life right now. It's yeah, there's obstacles and stuff to overcome, but there's ones that aren't like that won't that make me question whether or not I'm going down the right path. They all kind of reinforce the fact that I am going down the right path. So part five is about the road to recovery. Recovery is possible because I'm a little literally a walking example of it. I am proof that it is possible, and there's millions of other people that have done it also. And it is a journey that varies for everyone. Like I said, my journey, it took a lot of, you know, persistent, consistent action and just like everyone else, but it's different from every person's journey. It The first part, part it involved was acknowledging that there was a problem. Then it was for me, it wasn't necessarily seeking professional help, but it was like seeking guidance from mentors and coaches, which I guess you can say they are professions, but they weren't professions on helping me overcome addiction. It was just helping me become the best version of myself by pursuing like personal development and personal excellence. That is where I found, you know, the professional help. And that was my support network that helped me along the way. There's also routes of, you know, if you have a hard drug addiction or anything like that, there is treatment options and stuff like that with therapy. Uh, They can also, you know, give you medication and stuff like that and have support groups. The one thing I don't really necessarily agree with is necessarily the medication because I'm very anti-pharma because ultimately they're it just basically fucked the pharmaceutical industries. Uh, Growing up, watching my dad being addicted to opioids and stuff like that, um, it just it really gave me a different perspective, especially when because I was addicted to Adderall too. Uh, the fact that you know when I did quit that, I quit cocaine and Adderall both at the same exact time which which do not recommend anyone doing it like I did cold turkey because ultimately I ran around for six months straight thinking that you know the world is trying to kill me uh my paranoia was like nothing I could ever imagine and I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemies I don't have any enemies but there's not many people in this world except for you know people that you know like sexual predators that kid touchers all that those people i'd wish it upon the paranoia that i did have but no one else it doesn't matter how wrong you've done me in my life i wish that upon no one because that was literally hell for six months straight i barely slept i barely you know was it wanted to leave my house i barely wanted to do anything because i just thought the world was going to kill me And ultimately, at the time, because I was such a shitty person, I believed that it was going to kill me. And I'm grateful that it didn't. And I'm grateful for, you know, me being able to overcome that. But it was a six month process of me being able to get over that paranoia and anxiety and all of the things that, you know, it came with the withdrawals. It was a six month road to recovery. And even though I still am in recovery, it just goes to show that you you can overcome anything because I am a literal example of, you know, the person that 
I was able to overcome, you know, those drug addictions and stuff like that, which goes into like the part about relapsing, which is part six. So relapse and resilience. Relapse is a common part of the recovery process because a lot of people, you know, they, you know, they start the journey to quitting, um, you know, whatever they're doing, whether it be drugs, alcohol, um, you know, even cigarettes, like sometimes you fall back into those old habits. And as long as, you know, you realize that, you know, it's going to take time and stuff like that, even if you have a relapse, you can always overcome it and, you know, continue to do better every time. But at the same time, like you surrounding yourself by loved ones and a good group of people is truthfully what's going to help carry you through those times and build up that resilience and not allow you to relapse. Because I know if within those six months when I would first quit, if I had fallen back and relapsed, I probably would have just kept doing it. And it would have just been an endless, vicious cycle of me, you know, doing it and then quitting for a while and then doing it again. And now it's to the point where it's like, I have no desire to do that anymore. I'm not trying to go back to who I was. I know where that leads and I know that path. And that's a very dark and scary, lonely path. And ultimately the Lord would fucking hate me if I were to choose that path because he's, he knows that I'm meant for greater things in this life. And the fact that I had the loved one, my loved ones supporting me, which is wild because during those six months, I didn't tell my parents what I was going through. They had no idea. The only people that knew were my close friends. And it really just go, went to show that, you know, I, I'm grateful for my best friends that helped me through that time because I wouldn't be here today talking to you guys if it wasn't for those guys. I will just say it, Ethan and Cam and Alec, those are my best friends that helped me get through where I am today. And if it wasn't for those three guys, I wouldn't be here today. So I have to be extremely grateful for those guys because they helped me get through the hardest part of my life that I've ever been through. And then also having Andy Frisella yelling in my ear every single day. Uh, guiding me to become the best version of myself and sparking that fire under my ass, I wouldn't be here today. So I'm truly grateful for those. Those are my loved ones that I am truly grateful for. Eventually, I ended up telling my parents, and they're like, holy fuck, we had no idea it was that bad. And I was like, yeah, it was that bad. And I was just good at hiding it. Like, I've always been one that could hide my emotions, and I could hide things uh, very well. I'm, I can control myself very very much so except for with the when i was doing drugs and alcohol i couldn't really control myself i was a hothead i just couldn't control myself but now i've learned that you know by practicing stoicism and the power of self-control is something that you know not many people have and i'm very much in control which is why i don't like even drinking or doing anything anymore is because when i'm not in the right state of mind i struggle with you know being disciplined and doing what i know i need to do because ultimately, like, I just realized that that's just not who I am. It's like, it's a weakness and I don't ever want to be unprepared. That's why you'll never find me just absolutely trashed at a bar because I always want to be in control. I want to be aware of situations. That's something I learned from my father always growing up is always be aware of your environment and your surroundings. Always know the out. If you get into a situation, know that there's an out. Always be weary of people because we lived in a, we live in a fuck up world. You guys have always heard about the shoot school shootings and mass shootings and stuff like that. There's crazy people everywhere. And you just have to always be aware. So that's why I was just not a fan anymore of, you know, getting drunk or partying or doing drugs like that. Because I want to be in control. And I like being sober now. 
I absolutely love it. That's part of recovery is just like learning to love who you are as a person. I don't have to hide from shit anymore. I don't have to hide from, you know, the person I look at in the mirror because ultimately I look at the man in the mirror and I can sit there and I can smile at him because that's a great man right there. And I know, and I know how much it means to me, uh, to be able to look back at from, look back at how far I've come to where I'm at today. And which goes into part eight, which is finding hope and healing. Um, recovery is a journey of hope and healing, and it's about rebuilding the meaningful life free from the chains of addiction. Every step towards sobriety is a triumph worth celebrating. So that now that I am, you know, basically I am free of my hard drug addictions. I haven't done those in over a year and those have been really, really helpful. I mean, by hard drugs, I mean, I've done, I did Adderall, but I quit doing that uh, over a year ago. Uh, because I just realized that it wasn't you know, who I am. Even though I have terrible ADHD, there's better things that I use uh, in order to help me. Uh, and that is just something that I've really come to realize is I don't need, you know, drugs and stuff like that. There's healthier alternatives to having that dopamine release and helping with my ADHD. And one thing I didn't know that really helps with ADHD is omega-3s. Um, omega-3 fish oils, those are huge help. Uh, with my ADHD, it helps me stay focused. It helps with my cognitive function and stuff like that. And when you have ADHD, your brain is scrambled. You're always thinking about a million things. But my, the omega-3 is really basically replaced uh, my Adderall. And it allows me to stay focused on my task at hand. allow me to continue to strive to become something great. Uh, because I'm able to focus compared to when I was having to take an Adderall that made me just super wired and focused on one thing. Now I like... Yes, I have great focus, but I also can think clearly because I was so like straightforward ahead with, you know, the Adderall. Like you hear all the stories about everyone like, oh, they crush it. They get a ton of shit done when they take Adderall. Yeah, that may be true, but you are putting holes in your brain because you are taking an amphetamine. That's not good for you. It's not natural by any means. Yes, it can be helpful, but you're also subtracting years off your life by doing things like that. So anyone that's on Adderall for being on ADHD, I would recommend trying to find alternative sources and getting off Adderall. Don't do what I did and just cut it off cold turkey because you will have um, withdrawals and anxiety, depression, paranoia, all those things from just cold turkey. But weaning your way off of it and allowing yourself to find alternative sources to help with your ADHD is going to be very beneficial because you don't want to keep taking years off your life. So that's where I was able to find hope and I was able to heal is, you know, finding these alternative sources that really help me uh, become who I need to become by taking away the bad addictions and substituting them for good ones that serve me instead of hurt me, which ultimately goes into the last part, which is the path to freedom. I just want you guys to remember this as we conclude today's episode is that remember that addiction is a battle, but it's one that can be won with determination, support and understanding. And it all happens by raising awareness, reducing stigma and providing resources. We contribute to a world where the recovery is possible for all. I am a walking testimony to that to you guys that you guys can overcome any kind of addiction that you may have because I went through a cocaine addiction, a drug, a cocaine addiction, Adderall addiction, uh, alcohol addiction, 
um, porn addiction, gambling addiction, uh, social media addiction. I've been through it all. And guess what? If I can overcome those six addictions and find want different things that serve me instead of hurt me, there's no fucking reason you can't either. It just takes hard work and consistency and surrounding yourself by the right people. I've, you guys have heard me talk about in past episodes about how your environment is a critical factor in your life and where you want to go because the more you surround yourself with like-minded people that are on the same path as you, the more likely you are going to be able to achieve that. So if you surround yourself with five drug addicts, you're going to be the six. You surround yourself with you know, a bunch of dudes that are addicted to porn. Guess what? You're going to be addicted to porn. You surround yourself with a bunch of people that are on a personal development journey trying to become the person they were meant to be. Guess what? You're going to probably become the person you were meant to be. So just really taking the time out of your day to really think about what addictions that you have, whether that be, you know, your phone, you know, porn, you know, Adderall, cocaine, whatever your addictions may be, creating awareness is the first step around it. Becoming aware that these are addictive and this is an addiction for you, that's the first step to recovery. And then after you have that, figuring out alternative sources to find release in your life for your anxiety, your depression, or whatever for that dopamine hit, finding a better source for that dopamine is what's going to help replace your bad habit and make it one that serves you instead of hurts you. And ultimately that will guide you down the right path to become the person that you were meant to be. And that's just how I did it. I didn't have to go to AA. I didn't have to go to those things. I found a mentor. I found people that, you know, wanted me to become better. And I surrounded myself by those people. And this is where, you know, the awareness comes into play, creating awareness around who you're spending your time with. Because I can tell you, if you're an addictive person and you're doing bad things that are hurting your health, I guarantee the people you spend your time with are probably the same way. And if you just eliminate those people around your life or just talk to them, have that deep conversation of why you know, you are where you are and what you want out of life, those people are either going to be with it and help you and they will become better versions with you and they'll help themselves or they're going to disappear out of your life because they realize that you're not about it anymore, which is even better because those are the type of people you don't want to fucking be by. And I will tell you that sucked at first, but looking back at it now was the best thing that ever happened to me was by separating myself by from those people because those people are all in really, really shitty positions now in their life. I tried to, I've tried to reach back out and help them, but guess what? They chose that path and you can't make anyone change. The saying is you can only open the door can't make anyone walk through it, which is so true. And that's what I'm doing for you guys. I'm opening the door for help with my coaching services and anything like that and having an open free consultation to help you guys out, to give you ideas and pave a path and come up with a program to help you overcome your adversities, whether that be fitness, nutrition, mindset, you know, addiction. I will help you. You just had to walk through that door and accept it yourself. So that's all I got for you guys today. I really appreciate you guys tuning in because addiction is a big part of, you know, who I used to be. And ultimately it still is to this day because we are creatures of habit. Me, especially I do everything out of habit and routines, uh, which ultimately I just substituted out all my bad habits for ones that still serve me. And I'm still by no means perfect, but as long as I pursue the route of never giving up and allowing myself to continue to learn and grow, 
I will never go back to who I was. I will just continue to build on who I want to be with my life. And you guys can all do the same. And I promise you, it is worth it. The number one thing you need to do today is start creating awareness around the addictive habits and routines that you have that don't serve you and start coming up with a game plan how to overcome those. It's going to take time. Habits take time to create. It took a like it took a while for you to create the habit of doing these unhealthy, addictive things. Guess what? It's going to take some time to overcome them and find healthier versions. So with that being said, guys, I appreciate all you guys. I hope you guys found a lot of value in the show today. And if you did, the only thing I ask is that you share the show with someone that needs to hear it. And don't hesitate to reach out. I'm always here to help, uh, whether it be with fitness, nutrition, mindset, or anything like that. All my social medias are in the links below. Don't hesitate to reach out. I'd love to connect with you and, uh, you know, give me some feedback on the show. So have a great day, guys. Always remember, there is a fresh hope for a better you. I love you.